everybody. Welcome to Burke Reviews Movie Club. I'm John Burke, and with me, as always, Corey Starr. Hello, hello. And we are on the second week of our Mint in Box month, the month of May 2019. Uh, here, this month, we're looking at movies that Corey or I own but have not seen yet, and so they're Mint in Box. And we are on uh, week two's episode is Repo Man from 1984, a movie that we both owned but had not seen um, and that's the beauty of this whole month. Every movie on this list, Corey and I had neither of us have seen. Uh, the rules for Movie Club are one of us have to have not seen the movie that we're watching. But uh, this time, neither of us have seen any of the movies on this list. And so it's exciting to see what comes of this. Um, before we get into that, we like to take a few minutes and talk about what's been going on and then see what else we've been watching since the last time we recorded. Um, and it's been a couple of weeks because we pre-recorded our last episode uh, because Corey and I were both out of town doing different things. Um, I was at the Tribeca Film Festival, and Corey was at... I was at Chickenies. Uh, which, apparently, a bunch of my other friends were also at, Corey. I had uh, one of my graduates, who's recently graduated from Florida State, was at Chickenies, and he was posting stuff. And then um, someone else I knew, uh, a couple of my other graduates, actually, went up to Georgia, because we're not far from Georgia, um, to the Shaking Ease Festival. So I was like, oh man, all these people I know are there and I didn't even know it was a thing until you went last year. Yeah, they usually have a pretty good lineup. Uh, this year was pretty good. Not quite as stacked to my musical taste and interest as last year. Like last year was a pretty dreamy lineup for me. Um, but we still had a blast. And I don't really know if other music fests do this, but Shaky Knees has late night shows, so you have to buy the tickets separate from your Shaky Knees, you know, whatever pass, but totally worth it. We got to see Deer Hunter in a very small, tiny little back room in a bar. Um, we were probably 10, 15 feet from the stage. I'm short, so sometimes I couldn't see. Um, and then the night before, we saw the Dandy Warhols in a small... Um, venue and we got to talk to a couple of the band members after the show which was pretty rad i might have nerded a little bit but yeah had a great time i i had a really good time with editor uh david we were at new york uh for tribeca we were only we were there the last five days which i think we both have decided if we get to go back again um we we prefer either the beginning or the middle um yeah the last couple days definitely dwindle with what's available to see um, Everyone's and, tired. And people are, yeah, it's almost like not a festival at that point. Um, but uh, I had a really good time in New York. Um, I've been dieting, and New York was like um, the time where I allowed myself to eat not as good. But I still, considering like, what we did last year in New York, I ate really well uh, com comparatively. I mean, I still had a couple of slices of pizza, but I that's just it. I like would only get no more than two slices at a time. I never got, like, a pizza and ate it, which I will admit, sadly, I've done that in the past. Did not do that this time around. Um, did you have bagels, though, still? I did have... I, I did allow myself uh, two different times of bagels, um, but I got bagel sandwiches each time. Corey, this little bagel shop across from the uh, Village East Cinema in New York, I, I can't think of the name of the, the shop. It was, some, it was like, a person's name. Um, they only take cash even like they you don't they don't do cards. Oh. They have an ATM in the shop though. So like I had I panicked because I had already ordered and like I'm like oh my god I don't have cash. They're like oh there's an ATM. I'm like oh okay cool no worries. Um, but I got this sandwich. It was called the Sutto S U T T O. It was basically an avocado, le uh, tomato and bacon, um, bagel with this chipotle chicken salad. Oh man, it was so freaking good and I got it on an everything bagel. 
because that yes. is my go-to bagel, and it was really, really good. Uh, no regrets on that sandwich. Um, other than the bread, it's very keto-friendly because it has a lot of other, uh, you know, nutrition in there. And then um, the next day, or two days later, David took me to this uh, bagel place that he went to when he was in New York by himself back in January. Um, and we got, like, a more traditional, like, breakfast sandwich, like eggs, bacon, cheese. Um, but on an everything bagel, also really, really good. I do love a good bagel. Um, but uh, we also, we got really good ramen at this place. Ooh. Yeah, I love, like, real ramen. And David had not had it. And I had it only uh, once at South by Southwest at, in Austin. And so when I saw that there was a lot of them around, I was like, dude, we got to go get some ramen. And, man, so good. Um, and this is a, a lot of food here. But uh, we got shepherd's pie from an Irish pub that was amazing. Did it have lamb? Uh, it wasn't lamb. It was beef. But uh, it, okay. I think lamb might have been an option. But we went more tradition, more American traditional. Um, and uh, what was the other big food item? that? Oh, there's this place called Taco Mahal. It is an Indian like food but they serve their food like a taco so you get it on nan bread or um or non bread i can't remember the correct pronunciation but i got chicken tiki marsala like taco cory oh my god like insanely amazing um and then last shout out the donut project we went to right after we had taco mahal um we walked to though so you know burn off some calories and uh i i love this is my only sweet that i had cory only sweet that i had while we were there was this donut and it was a coffee and whiskey glazed donut. Dang. Oh, I yeah. love donuts. Oh, I... Corey, this place. They had, uh, David got a strawberry milkshake fla- like flavor, like, and that looked good. They have, they're, they're recommended, which David got the previous time he was there. They have a pe- uh, peanut butter and jelly donut. Oh. Uh, it's PB&J 2.0. So it's like a jelly donut, but it's with stuff with peanut butter and jelly. And then, um. The other one, I can't remember what the other one was, but it, it looked really good. But I went with, I, I'm a big coffee drinker and the coffee, and I'm also, I don't drink, but my preferred alcohol is whiskey. I don't drink very often, but if oh, I'm I drinking, don't like whiskey. I love whiskey. So when she said whiskey, coffee, I'll I'm like, stop. Drinks. I went very Ron Swanson. I'm like, stop. You had me at whiskey and coffee. <laughs> um, and Does it come with a side of bacon and eggs? Oh, <laughs> all the bacon and eggs that I can eat. Um. <laughs> Yeah, um, but and there was a few other food things that we had. That, it was really great, but mostly I watched movies in New York. So we need to get to what we've watched. Now I'm not going to go into everything I've watched. I'm just going to take like my favorite two films from the festival and say those. Um, but Corey, what have you been watching since the last time we've recorded? You oh my god, I feel everything. so ill prepared. Um, well, you know, our friend Brendan showed me a few different things and now I'm kind of sad I don't have Netflix anymore. Mm. Uh, he played Nate Bergazzi. Is that a and comedy he's, special? Yes. He okay. has two on Netflix. I think one's like 30 minutes and one's like an hour. And that guy's delivery, I just can't even, I just can't handle it. I, I watched the whole thing twice and died both times. Oh, wow. And yeah, so funny. And then um, I had heard about Pin15, the Hulu, I think it's Hulu. I still haven't started up my Hulu account, but I need to so I can rewatch this show. But it's just a really great show. And I watched it when I was sick. I got sick in Atlanta, true Corey style, you know, (laughs) worst times to get sick ever. And I watched most of it, but I was like in and out of consciousness. I missed, we were going to go see Avengers Endgame, and I didn't get to go because I was sick. Uh, I need to see that again. Yeah, so there we are. Um, so I, uh, 
I've seen a lot of stuff since we last recorded, but I'm not going to list everything. But um, I'm just going to do a couple from the festival that I really enjoyed. Um, and then, uh, but real quick, I did see Longshot, the new Seth Rogen, Charlize Theron movie. I took my wife on a date Tuesday night because we were you know, separated for five days because of Tribeca. And we both really enjoyed that film. Uh, super fun. And it does go very raunchy, late in the movie especially, but I really love Charlize Theron in that. And then today... Um, I squeezed it in. I, I didn't get to go last night, but I squeezed it in today. Taylor and I went and saw Pokemon Detective Pikachu, which is we're what going to see it next, see that right? Tonight. Yep. Yeah, uh, we're seeing it at nine fifty-five. I'm gonna want to shoot myself in the foot. We went to a five thirty screening, which never happens at our mall, but because it's it's Pikachu, they're trying to fit in more early screenings. So they were like doubling up, and they had one at five thirty. I'm like, great, we can you know come home from school, get everything we need to do real fast, hit the movie, and then we'll we'll eat after. And then I can make it to both recordings of the podcast because we did double podcast recording tonight. And um, I didn't get to go last night, so I was, like, really, like, stressing, like, when am I going to see this when I'm going to see it? Because I'm a big Pokemon nerd and not as big as many other people, mind you, because I'm still relatively new to this. I kind of feel like a little bit like a bandwagon, but I've, I got into it before Pokemon Go, so I at least have that on my belt. Like, I was a fan before Pokemon Go happened, but um, I really enjoyed this movie, so I hope you have as much fun as Taylor and I had. But 5.30 screening... There were a few kids that I thought were going to talk the whole movie, like loudly talk to. They were very excited, but I was like, okay. Like when the movie started, I was like under my breath. I'm like, this is a kid's movie. This is a kid's movie. This is a kid's movie. I have to deal with kids like because I went to an early show. It's my fault, but um, they were good after the first couple of minutes. So I, I got to give them credit. They didn't talk much after that, but um, all right. So it's for the festival. Um, I'm going to do my top three from the festival. Um, Buffaloed which I kind of picked apprehensively, but it had Zoe Deutsch, who I've become a fan of. It also had Judy Greer and Jai Courtney. Now, I'm not always a fan of Jai Courtney, but um, I was so blown away by how fun this movie was. It's kind of a dark comedy. Um, it's set in the underworld underworld of debt collecting in Buffalo, New York. Um, and Peg Dahl, who's played by Zoe Deutsch, is the lead, and she is phenomenal in this movie. If you have seen her in anything else and thought, hey, she's pretty good, you will be blown away by how good she is if you get to see Buffaloed. Um, make make a note of that movie. If it comes out on Netflix or whatever, you definitely, definitely, definitely want to see it. Um, next up is a documentary about uh, MTV called I Want My MTV. Um, I grew up watching MTV, and so I was very familiar with a lot of it, but I didn't know all of it. And there was this really cool interview with David Bowie, Corey, because uh, it's a lot of it's like, you know stock footage from mtv or not stock footage but footage from mtv not necessarily filmed for the documentary but being compiled together and this interview um i didn't know this but mtv was accused of being racist by rick james in the early 80s oh and so david bowie uh cross interviews mark goodman who was one of the early vjs um and kind of calls him out on being racist and it i already liked bowie but like hearing him speak especially as a white artist who was getting plenty of mtv play and like kind of condemning MTV in a very elegant and you know professional way, but at the same time have he has this look of just like derision, just like mm, really that's your response to my question. That's a shame because you totally just made yourself look racist. Um, I was really impressed by that interview, and there's a lot of other cool stuff in the doc. It's really entertaining. Um, it was honestly one of the most engaged films I had. Like I was from minute one to the end, I was completely hooked on this doc, and it was nine o'clock in the morning. 
it was that uh, for me again it hits a lot of my interest level because it's dealing with music I'm very familiar with MTV it hits the nostalgia button because of that um, it also kind of reminded me of Sing Street because Sing Street does a whole lot with the music video element so kind of seeing like this was happening in in America in the 80s Sing Street set in the 80s you know you see that parallel so it just really pulled me in and I was hooked the whole time and then my favorite movie of the festival which I barely decided to see. Like, we almost didn't see this movie, and we paid to see this film. Uh, this wasn't even one of our critic screenings. This was a, We had four tickets. I wanted to see Yesterday. Yesterday, our tickets wouldn't work for, and then it sold out. So we, we picked Dreamland instead. Uh, Dreamland is directed by uh, Miles Joris Payarafiti. I have no idea if I'm saying that right, dude. And my bad if you hear this. I'm hoping to get in touch with this guy in the near future. Um, this was the second film. Uh, Dreamland stars Margot Robbie, Finn Cole, Travis Fimmel, Carrie Condon, and Garrett Hedlund, kind of. He's barely in the movie, to be fair, but he's in it. Um, what? This sounds nuts. It is so freaking good. I was so blown away by this movie. I, I went in with very little expectation, um, kind of expecting to not love it because it's a period piece, and period pieces don't always work for me. Um, it's got a Bonnie and Clyde, Clyde kind of vibe to it, mainly because she's a bank robber. Uh, but it's set in the Dust Bowl in the 30s in Texas, and there are these crazy dust storms. And for this film being fairly low budget, they look amazing. And um, the performances, Robbie is fantastic, but Finn Cole, who's relative newcomer, so good in this movie. And Travis Fimmel, who I've only seen in a couple of things. Uh, he was in the Warcraft film, though, and I am a supporter of it, but I was a hardcore World of Warcraft player, so I knew a lot about the lore. The movie worked for me because of that. But... Um, Man, I... Oh, that's Finn Cole. Dude, mm -hmm. he's from Peaky Blinders. I know. I've not watched Peaky Blinders, though, so that's... Oh, not... you need to watch it. I know. I've heard good things. Um, but I, he's great in this. And I I was so... I like... Uh, the, the director did a Q&A. A lot of times I bail quickly on Q&As, but I was actually really captivated to hear what he had to say because he's, he's young. This is only his second film, and it's so good. Like, you, if, you, if you're a film person, you will see the influence that he has and what he's taken from it, and... Um, I'm not saying it's like a perfect film, but I was really blown away and I definitely was super impressed. And, um, I'd love to have the director talk to my film classes because, uh, I think he's got a really good head on his shoulders. He's definitely got a passion for it and a talent as for storytelling. And man, um, if you get a chance to see Dreamland, I don't know what the, uh, what it's, um, release schedule is going to look like. I don't know if it's got distribution or not yet. But um, if it comes anywhere, it's streaming or in a theater, I definitely recommend you check out Dreamland. It is freaking great. Um, and that's what I'll talk about. There's other reviews from Tribeca up at BerkReviews.com. I still have a couple left to post, in fact. Um, probably will have posted them by the time this episode drops. But uh, I, I, you know, we saw 13 movies while we were in New York. Um, nice. And one of them I, I, I posted and I had to pull my review down because it wasn't part of the festival. I got a critic screening. I won't say for what movie, but um, I I kind of thought it was with the festival when I agreed to go see it, and then I so I didn't read the email all the way, and after I posted it, I got an email that it was under embargo, so I had to pull it down real fast. Um, apologies to that PR guy. I don't want to say any names because I don't want to link it to the movie because it's under embargo till July, so I can't even post Dang. my review till July, uh, which is when the movie officially releases. But I, I was in New York and they were doing a New York uh, screening. And uh, it's a really great movie, and it probably would have been one I mentioned if I wasn't under embargo. But look forward to that in July, folks, um, when it gets a worldwide release. But, um, all right, or at least a domestic release. Um, 
let's get into the stats for our movie of the week. Again, this is May 2019. We are doing Minton Box. These are movies that Corey and I own but have not watched until now. We're breaking open the cellophane um, and finally popping these into our players and or we're watching the digital copies we bought on sale. Whatever. Um, Repo Man from 1984, uh, directed by Alex Cox, stars Harry Dean Stanton, Emilio Estevez, Tracy Walter, um, Olivia Barish, Cy Richardson, and that's kind of it. Everyone else just kind of comes and goes throughout the movie. Um, like, they're there, but they're not there. They're not necessarily famous, but those are your big names. Harry Dean Stanton and Emilio Estevez being the two biggest of the names. Um, this movie, uh, I knew very, very little about other than Mike had recommended it um, to us. And um, I, I knew it was on my list because of Harry Dean Stanton's passing away. I've been trying to watch more of his films. And uh, so young punk Otto, who's Emilio Estevez, becomes a repo man after helping to steal a car and stumbles into a world of wackiness as a result. It's a comedy crime sci-fi. Um, has a 75 meta score, which is pretty high, honestly, for this movie. Um, <laughs> uh, I'll kind of start off. Um, again, I knew really nothing about what to expect and this was your pick for the week um and i i just by coincidence bought this like a month ago at a, a flea market because mike had recommended it so many times um and i like emilio estevez and stuff i don't love him like a lot of his later stuff i don't like but i'm a big mighty ducks fan and um i like the outsiders you know, he's, and uh breakfast club of course um so i was i was in for that and then of course harry dean stanton as we mentioned um we watched paris texas re- recently and we both really liked that um, so I wanted to see this one. And again, Mike's recommendations, they come and go. There's some that I get very apprehensive about because uh, some of his movies are very, they sound very tough to get through. Yeah. But this one sounded a little more lighthearted. So I was like, okay, I'll give that a go. And I like the idea of it's a punk, even though he doesn't look like a punk much. Like his haircut looks military, so hardcore. Well, I, feel like, I feel like that's kind of punk. Like having a military haircut? Well, just kind of not feeling like you have to fit hmm. into a particular lifestyle. And 100% I mean, true. That's a very good point. <laughs> that is oh, uh, ma- maybe like a non-punk looking at a punk. I'm like, you don't look punk enough. And he's like, that's the point. Because <laughs> um, there are a couple times like at the beginning, he's wearing like that long, I don't know, is that an earring? No, I don't really know. Ear- Kathy watched this with me. Yeah, was laughing so hard at that <laughs> she, she could like, not get over it. What is going on here? Whatever, you just stock your groceries, boy. Um, and then like the people he hangs out with are like hardcore, and I think the music in the movie. So I think that he's definitely a part of that For lifestyle. Sure. I just don't think oh, that yeah. he has to like let everybody know it. I think that's a really good point. Uh, counter to my little comment, but um, I do. You're right. The world he's in feels punk. Um, and again, like you said, and his attitude is punk. I mean, he's like, F this, F that, you know, everything is, you know, um, yeah, the way he treats people, he's like kind of anti, I mean, we don't have to get too far into it, but he's like against this repo man stuff, you know, at first, but uh, money is a need. Um, I, I think this movie is really smart too. And I, I don't know if I got all the themes, but there's a lot of little recurring things that I'm like, this movie's saying something like it, it's, it's saying it with like a comedic satirical kind of thing but it's definitely got something to say now i'm only two years old when this movie comes out um not even two years old yet i won't turn two for a few more months because it came out march 2nd in 84 but um so i'm not 100 percent sure of all the political climate but i've studied the 80s a lot i, th- I feel 
comfortable getting some of the commentary. I definitely, I'm not familiar with Alex Cox uh, or his other work, so I don't know if, if this was like a one-off kind of uh, point for him or if this was, if the themes he, he kind of hints at or, or straight on points out would carry into his other films or not. So maybe this is just me trying to make this movie smarter than it is on its surface because on its surface it's a dumb comedy in a lot of ways but um i feel like some of the stuff is too too purposefully targeted to just be a coincidence so um we'll get more into that with spoilers but so i liked it um i i wouldn't put it like up in my my top five but i'm definitely leaning um it's a stronger movie than i kind of went in expecting uh what about you i um even just this very small conversation that we just had just about his appearance made me like it a little more. Um, I don't know if I got all of the themes or anything like that. I also kind of went into this blind. I bought this on Criterion during one of their 50% off sales, probably because Mike has talked about it. I can't remember who else has talked about it. But this feels like one Brendan would be into. I, I wonder. <coughs> I feel like it was more than just, not just Mike, but... I try to be a little more conscious about the physical items that I purchase because I take up room and I just don't want to be cluttered. So I don't really know what pushed me to buy this. I do really like Harry Dean Stanton, um, but it's definitely more than I was expecting. I want I I don't know what anything about the Criterion for this. Is there any cool like bonus features on the Criterion? Um, can I need to complain about something? I need to tweet at Criterion. I need to get something out in the open. Maybe I've complained about it before, but come on, guys! It's like 2019. Can we get some freaking subtitles? Why? Yeah, that's weird that they don't include subtitles. I mean, I sometimes I have a hard time catching all the oh, dialogue. The sound mix in this was brutal. I was yeah. like up and down on the volume all over this and movie. Also, I like to watch movies in bed sometimes, and my TV in my bedroom isn't the best. God knows how long it came with the house. Um, so the sound isn't even that good on it either, but I can't, I couldn't find any subtitles. Um, it did have, it seemed to have a lot of features. It has a book with it that I haven't even been able to like go through because I just was able to watch this last night. Um, so in the packaging is really cool too. I mean, usually Criterion's really good about that. We have seen them with the breakfast club though. (laughs) So, and I haven't seen a lot with Emilio Estevez, so. Well, you've seen. That was good. Breakfast Club. Breakfast Club. Um, yeah, but you, I don't. Okay. You, you've seen The Outsiders, right? Yeah, that wasn't my favorite movie. So. Yeah, it's a tough. It's not. I mean, it's not a tough movie. It's well, a, the book is so damn good. Like yeah. the book is so good. And the movie's got some some eighties cheese. All Tom Cruise is real bad in that. He's like, he's it has, like, trying so hard. Like everybody, though, it yeah. has everybody in that movie, it and does. it still just doesn't. All before their live... time, though. All before they were superstars. I mean, word. Uh, you know, Swayze hadn't done Dirty Dancing yet. You have um, Rob Rob Lowe's in it. Uh, Isn't Diane the rest of it. Lane? I think so. I think Diane Lane. And then you have um, the main character is the one who will be the least famous. Uh, I think it's is it C. Thomas Owl that is Pony Boy. But then and Ralph Macchio, who's uh, you know um, who says "Stay Gold, Pony Boy," the iconic line. But um, yeah, not to get hung up on that, but. Um, I, I like this. I kind of wish I had the criterion because I just have like a regular DVD that I found at the flea market that I got for like three bucks. And I was just like, cool. I've never seen this where I could buy it, especially for so cheap. Why not? Um, but uh, I liked it. And I will I'm, think that's all I have to say before we get into spoilers. 
Um, I did Emilio's. This is one of his stronger performances, I think, overall. But it still feels like he's acting, like he's he's reading a script. Because uh, I I feel like that with yeah with uh, Breakfast Club too, though. I feel like his character, a lot of his line delivery feels like he's reading it. Um, like I like Breakfast Club, and that honestly, there's a few moments where the characters feel like they're reading it, which could be by design because they are playing these archetypal characters. So maybe they wanted it to feel. Like, these are archetypal lines. These are lines that anyone who's playing a jock would say this, and anyone who's playing the bully would say this, that kind of thing. But um, not sure. Uh, I am I love Breakfast Club, but I love yeah. it for... Like, I do think there's flaws in the movie that people maybe overlook because of their uh, nostalgic attachment to it. But Duh. And I have seen St. Elmo's Fire. I really enjoyed that movie. I don't really know how everybody else feels about it, but there we are. I've not, that's one of the few I've not seen. Uh, from That's a Hughes film, right? I believe so. Yeah, I've I not could seen be wrong. that one. I've heard that one's not so good. That's why I've, I haven't gone to it. Whatever. But, no, uh, it's Joel Schumacher. Oh, that's another reason not to go to that. Uh, <laughs> you know, as a thirty-five meta score. We've Joel Schumacher. Uh, you know, did Phantom of the Opera, Batman and Robin, Batman Forever. Um, yeah. And a couple. He did something else that I he do did like. Phone Booth. Phone Booth was one we just watched. Um, I knew he was something recently because we watched a couple because we just watched. Uh, Phantom of the Opera not too long ago for the musical but, but um, yeah I didn't love that one either but alright let's get to spoilers for Repo Man guys we're going to talk about Repo Man probably in great detail you've been warned okay my favorite thing in the movie is uh, the, the literal names for all the products in the movie um, like beer is beer and I, drink my, drink was my favorite I was about drink. to say that I was like, they're like let's go get a drink and then they get drink. these little cans and it says drink and I'm like what yeah, everything. Um, there's food that it's a can of food that he's just eating. That says food. Um, pretzels are pretzels, which is the that one's a little less obvious of a joke because I think there are pretzels called pretzels. But um, but like there's signs, all the liquor. It's it's so literal. I love it. It's it one. Uh, it's cost effective because they don't. It, there's no product placement, so they're not getting money for them being there. But it's also. I do feel like it fits into like the punk mindset that all of the yeah. stuff. It doesn't matter about brands. It's all boom you know just just the product just what we need um yeah that that was one of my favorite kind of ongoing jokes and i do think it might be a commentary on capitalism um especially in the 80s you know where ronald reagan's president and there's this whole big kind of uh push for materialism becomes a big thing in the 80s you see that in american psycho too um you know that play on on how important material possessions are um and the so, long waits to get into the restaurants, even. Yeah, and so you have here them like making everything this generic, fake, you know, ridiculous name product, where like there is uh, all products are the same essentially because there's no differential from what drinks there are. It's just drink. You get a drink or you get a beer, which yes, beer is a drink, but there's no like Coca Cola, Pepsi, etc. And you do have those Coca Cola, Pepsi ad wars in the '80s, which is mocked in Back to the Future too. Um, you know, so like, I think there could be some commentary there, uh, with this decision and I found it to be quite amusing. Mm. At first I was just, I couldn't believe <laughs> what I was seeing, I guess, but I don't know. <laughs> Cause uh, I, we've seen like other, I feel like we've seen probably other things where beer just is labeled beer, but then the drink just totally, yeah. I was like, okay guys. Um, and also, because there's, like, that stark contrast with, like, all these expensive cars that they're picking up. True. But I don't, um, I don't think... Uh, some of the cars are real cars. 
I'm not yeah. much of a car guy, so I honestly now, I'm not that, really either. now that you're saying it, I'm like, crap, I probably should have paid attention to that. What were the models of the cars? Were they like well, cause the Chevy Malibu is real? I know that, but yeah, and that like bright candy apple red like mm-hmm. sports car. Yeah, which I, I don't know what kind of car that was. Expensive, but. and I was reading something, and apparently there was a Cadillac. I don't know. Yes, I do think I recognize the Cadillac. Um, I didn't. I usually try to read some other reviews. I actually didn't for this one, so I don't have anything uh, to really add to it, um, like from other perspectives. But um, I, I do think, like, because when he when he sees his parents, uh, we only meet the parents <laughs> once. They're they're like in a hypnotic daze, uh, following a televangelist, and they've apparently given all their money to that to save themselves and their son. Um, which he isn't, he's mad, but he's not hostile with his parents, which I thought was unique. Um, I was actually shocked that he had parents too, because he had that kind of like, I don't have a family kind of thing, but, um, he's trying real hard to be with them. Like, Oh, I want want to go back to school. How about that money? Can I get that money? He's obviously lying. But first I want to go to go on a trip. Yeah. Yeah. I want to go on this trip. And, um, which wasn't, I remember like the televangelist and like, all the calling in and donating money a lot when I was a kid. Yes, big big thing in the eighties for sure. So, um, but so there's a lot about just kind of the institutional, like state of the eighties. Like you see that um, I'm trying. I thought I took better notes than I did. Um, there's the oh the Dianetics reference the Scientology. Um, oh, sh- multiple God. times he's told to read Dianetics or someone else is reading Dianetics. Um, and this is in 84, so, like, that's some interesting commentary there. Um, and then the idea of, like, UFOs and TV, uh, there's this idea of, like, this institutionalization of the world that we're living in that's being really, and again, as a punk film, fighting against the institution makes perfect sense, and that's, um, he's kind of witnessing this, this crazy, uh, world where everyone seems to be falling into one of these things, or, like, working for the government, because even the girl that he has, uh, kind of odd backseat sex with which is you know filmed off camera we don't see them having sex so um that whole situation was awkward um how he picks her up like driving by and like she doesn't want to ride but then the garbage can yeah and then she does get a ride and then like literally gets a ride you know like it's it's pretty uh it's pretty weird yeah that whole wasn't the fruitcake factory that she works at yeah but it was like a yeah yeah i don't know I, I, I'll well, admit, I zoned out a couple of times during this movie because I had been, I, I, this whole week has been a blur for me. We had testing at, at work this week, so, like, we had different schedules, and I was gone for five days, so I came back to, like, weird schedules every day. I, I went to bed at 9 o'clock last night, Corey, and what? I slept, yeah, I went to bed at 9 o'clock uh, because I was just, I, I could not, from 5 o'clock to, like, 7.30, I was having a hard time sitting up and keeping my eyes open. And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna stop fighting. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna take a shower and I'm gonna go to bed. Um, and so I, by nine o'clock, I was like asleep. And then I woke up at like three, but then I, well, I slept until five. But I was like tossing and turning from three to five. Um, but yeah, so it's been that kind of week. So this movie definitely did not get a hundred percent of my attention, and I wish it had, um, because by the end I was really kind of into it. And um, I think Kathy liked it, which this is it's a weird movie. So, you know, it's not one I was surprised she even wanted to watch it. Yeah, yeah. but I think she she found the 80s kind of camp uh, charming. She definitely got a kick out of the, the beer and like the pretzels. Like she was like looking for it. She's the one who pointed it out to me, in fact. And I was like, oh, yeah, look at that. And then I, it becomes very obvious when they do drink. But she pointed it out before that. 
uh, it was just something that really caught her eyes. Like, look at all the food has these like generic labels. They're just white and blue. Um, and it, it was, it's, it's definitely, I feel like this movie's doing a lot. And that's, I, I really want to like dig in to what other people have said about it. Cause I'm sure it was, it's a 35 year old movie. Um, Oh, gross. <laughs> yeah. Uh, why did you have to say that? Um, and also they talk a lot about the um repo man's code code yeah. i was gonna say creed but that was not right yeah and, and that's oh, it seems like only harry dean santon lives by that code yeah i and how he kind of gets tricked into becoming a repo man yeah i love that scene like hey my, i gotta take my pregnant wife to the hospital can you drive her car and he's just like, how much are you going to pay me? It was like 25 bucks. Um, and yeah. Uh, he's like, where's your pregnant wife? Yeah. And then the, the receptionist <laughs> just like gives him the um, the money. Like he's complaining. I'm not at no reef man. She's like, yeah, you are. And he just kind of goes with it from there. He's like, oh, I guess I am. Yeah. Um, fine. He has a desk and everything. And he like for a long time, every time that he and I'm forgetting Harry Dean Stanton's character's uh, name. Bud. Bud. How could I forget that name? Every time that they're, like, going places, they just keep missing his friends yep. that we are introduced to at the beginning. And his friends of like, I don't know if they've always done this or it's just started since, well, I guess. Well, we know we've... the one guy was um, in jail when we first meet him, like, because he just got okay. out of jail. And then I think he's just bringing everyone else in for the crime spree. Mm, and I, I read something... And it was, like, talking about how that girl was his girlfriend at the beginning, but I never got... I didn't really oh, yeah. get that. They're about feeling. to have sex, and he goes to get her a drink. When he comes back, his friend is with her. Yeah, and I yeah. totally got that, but I didn't oh, think okay. they were, like, in a committed relationship. Ah, well, I guess that's that's probably in, just somebody's in, inference. Yeah. He does seem kind of upset um, by it. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you're um, right. You could just be upset because you were about to have sex, and now your friend has cock-blocked you, but... Uh, and then again, maybe not, but, um, it could definitely be a, a relationship, but yeah. Well, he, he does mention it at the end of the movie, um, when he's, he's like, it's him and her again. Uh, he says something about, do you want to try again or something like that? So there is like uh, a, a hint of it at the end of the movie, but, and I don't okay. remember exactly what he said, but yeah, it's, it's most likely his girlfriend that okay. completely leaves him for his, uh, criminal friend danger um so sometimes i don't know i thought the glowing car because i thought it looked awesome we get a lot of that at the end of the uh, movie and i don't know it was probably you know what i'm talking about i think so but i'm, I'm having a slight hard time <laughs> well when he's like beaming up away in the car but like right oh, yeah. before that the car is just like glowing neon green and those scenes the, the guy keeps like trying to get people to open the trunk yes. and then they're vaporized vaporized which is kind of cool um yeah cool little visuals in that um and i yeah there's there's some definitely story beats that i don't think get as much attention as maybe people would generally want like with that alien guy like i feel like there's stuff i don't fully get like what like why does he have one eye missing and things like that but I don't think it matters because I don't think that's really what the the filmmakers trying to do here. I do think it's more about the uh, the allegory and the analytical or an, an, um, the analogies that he's working with 
are more important to him than the literal story being told because i think the literal story the literal story is meant for comedy it's funny it's ridiculous it's over the top but i think the message yeah, it of the seems, story is bigger exactly it seems like on the surface that it's not taking itself that seriously but then like if you're really watching the movie there are all these things going on exactly and i think that's um I think that's the key is I think there's a lot being said underneath all of the silly veneer and the veneer is fun and you can totally just enjoy this movie. It is like it's a campy kind of B movie on its surface. And if you're cool with that, it's fun. And I I, I was cool with that. Um, I feel like this would be a fun one to see on the big screen. I think so, too. I think it, with a crowd like, yeah, honestly, this feels like one of those films that needs like the it's fan treatment. Where, like, oh, we, yeah. br- we bring pretzels with, like, masking tape over the label and just yes. pretzels. And, you know, like, it, it seems like we need one of those kind of, like, screenings. Because there's definitely moments where you could shout at the screen. You could repeat the lines. Um, you know, Bud loses it a few times where he, like, really snaps on people. Um, you know, the the random, like, the cop, like, security guy. Like, there's parts where I'm like, why is he pointing a gun at that guy? And then Marlene, I think she <sighs> she is a traitor and leaves their repo guys for the other repo guys. Like, there's some weird Rodriguez stuff that happens brothers. there. I was getting very lost in parts yeah. of it. I was like, I don't know what's happening anymore. There was a lot going on sometimes. And <coughs> that one scene, I forget the name of the repo man that, um, that Otto's with at the time, but he, like, starts shooting a gun back. Like, I mean, I think that, have you ever had the unfortunate whatever of seeing a dog, the bounty hunter... Oh, are you kidding? My wife was into that show episode. For a while. Yeah. Or like, I, I'm sure you've seen like other Repo Man and like Repo Man shows and stuff because a long time oh, ago. Oh yeah, there was a Repo me, uh, Lizard Towing or something, Lizard Lick Towing or something like that. Was a show. Oh, I've watched a few of these, Corey. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, I did not watch them consistently, but I saw at least a few that episodes. Sh- that shit gets real. Like people like sleep in their cars so that you like can't try to take them all of these weird things so it was kind of i thought i gotta ask Corey. you're from the same county that i'm from have you never been involved with a friend whose car was supposed to be repo no oh i have Um, what yeah i had a friend luckily it was not mine um but i had a friend who's um to be fair it wasn't even like a full mispayment like he was separating from his wife and she didn't pay it on purpose and so, like, it became, like, a cat-and-mouse game because he was living at a different address, but they were still, like, hunting him down and calling all his friends. And, like, he was parking with, like, the license plate, like, back up against the wall so that they wouldn't see it when they drove by. And uh, he got lucky because he had, like, a really nice system in his car. And when the repo guy showed up, uh, he could have just took it, but he let him take all of his um, equipment out of the car before he took the car. So, like, because he had added, like, big speakers. This was early 2000s when, like, the big subwoofers were, like, the, the norm for anybody who had money kind of thing and um but yeah i've 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 been involved with it and yeah it does get it gets crazy and they get creative with getting the cars um so yeah totally and that's that's kind of some of the fun of this movie right is when they're getting the cars like yeah well that one scene it kind of was unexpected because it's i mean it's been kind of not violent yeah. until that one scene where the one repo guy pulls out the gun and starts shooting because they're being shot at to be fair yeah. but yeah. then we find out that it's just blanks i thought yeah. that was really pretty... cool sequence and yeah yeah um, 
uh, it's nerve-wracking, and he's, like, he's still yelling and get in the car, and he's freaking out. And that's one of the moments where Otto seems the most human, because he is freaking out. He's not just, like, whatever, I'm a punk. Like, he's like, holy crap, you know, this is insane. Um, and that's when the code's brought up, because the other guy does not follow the code, because uh, they break into the car and all that. That's one of the rules that Harry Dean Stanton says, you know, you don't do that. I only take cars that I have the keys for. Um, well, because I saw him, I... I'm pretty sure that I noticed him, like, using that thing to break into the car on more than one occasion, but he was with that guy for a while. Yeah, I think each time he uses the, uh, I forget what that's called, but, like, the little pole that goes into the window and they pull up the lock. I think he's with Light. Uh, I think that's the character's name each Yeah, time. I think you're right. Um, I think. I, I definitely, again, not 100% of my attention was paid to this movie. I, I, that's usually uh, a no-no for movie club. I usually do everything in my power, but... This week was tough. Um, I was still kind of recovering from being in New York, and then just uh, the festival circuit—it it runs you. You know, we don't—we were out till probably midnight for movies, and then I'm I'm up again at like seven to get ready to go to the next set of movies, and so like you don't get a lot of sleep, and then you're also in New York, so you're trying to do stuff, and I I wore my my legs out walking everywhere, um, so this week has been crazy. Um, plus, you know, school's ending, so I'm getting grades and stuff like that in, and, and I have, like, responsibilities I have to take care of. So this movie definitely did not get all of my attention. I still tried to give it as much of it as possible, and I think I did, but um, I, w I definitely think this warrants a rewatch for me, especially because I did enjoy it. So, um, But I, I've got nothing else to add, really. Do you have anything else you want to mention? Well, I felt like he kind of did become part of that institution. I mean, he ends up leaving at the Until end. Until the alien but, thing, yeah. Yeah, so... But I think you're right, and I think that was kind of why he was... But he's not happy about it, because he is a punk. And, um, you know, maybe that's even another commentary, that, that everything is an institution. Like, even being a punk, right? Like, yeah. if you're a part of a group of people who are running around doing the same thing, like I mentioned earlier, uh, and you corrected, then you become part of that institution. So, you know, maybe the institutions aren't necessarily bad or they're not inherently bad. Um, it's just finding where you fit in or whatever. But uh, ready to give it a rating? Yeah. I need to make my own rating system. Well, that would... I mean, okay. But um, I think I'm going to I'm gonna go not quite golden, I think, for myself. Um, with leaning towards Decent Watch, but I, I feel like there's That's something where more here. I'm stuck. Exactly. And I do think that this needs a rewatch. And I think that there is so much that I probably missed. Yeah. And I definitely know I, I zoned out. I think even like looking at some of the pictures on IMDb, I'm like, I don't remember Like, that. when did this happen? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, definitely didn't give it a hundred percent of my attention. Um, oh, no. And that's a shame. I, I feel like for movie club, I almost always give a hundred percent of my I attention. I know. I try to not like be on my phone. I try to. Yeah. And this, this week was just tough, but you know, sorry, folks. Uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts. Corey's leaning between decent watch and not quite golden. Um, I'm leaning towards not quite golden, but definitely could fall if I watch it and notice things that I didn't notice before, or it could rise if I really find something. I do think this is a fun movie, though, um, and it is something you can throw on. It's not too long; it's an hour and a half, which is nice. It it did feel a little longer at times to me. Yeah. It did. Um, but I don't know why, because I was entertained. So I don't know exactly. I think again, I think it was just sleep deprivation and everything else, but. Um, that's our episode for this week. Uh, we continue with Minton Box uh, the following week, and I am pulling up because I have currently blanked on what movie we're watching next. But um, while I'm doing that, let's talk about social media. You can follow me at Burke Reviews. Uh, Corey, where can they follow you? 
For pictures of cats and plants, add Corey R. Star with two R's on the end. Oh, oh, I'm so excited about this one. Um, next week, we're going to be watching The French Connection, um, which is a film oh. that I have been meaning to get to for quite some time. Um, I don't know if you know, but it is uh, stars Gene Hackman and Roy Sh- uh, Schneider from Jaws fame, who one of my favorite movies ever. Directed by William Friedkin, who did The Exorcist a few years after this movie. Um, four years to be exact. So I am uh, very excited to check this one. I know this is Matt from over at what I watch tonight.co.uk, one of his favorite films, um, and he's a big freaking fan. So I'm very excited to check this film out finally. It's been on my watch list for a while, and I bought this a good year or two ago um, and have been meaning to get to it. And I've seen the big uh, chase sequence at the uh, car chase sequence in this film. Um, while we're like studying on chase sequences for my classes, but I have not watched the full movie, so I'm excited to get into it. Um, it is just an hour and 44 minutes uh, from 1971, and that is what we'll be talking about next week. Uh, so until then, if you like the podcast, please rate and review us. Give us the five star rating; it helps other people find the show. Um, and we will be back with our review of the French Connection in one week. Until then, keep watching movies. This has been a Burke Reviews podcast. BurkeReviews.com Do you like movies? Do you like podcasts? Or are you just lonely? If the answer is yes, and even if it's not, then check out the What I Watch Tonight Show's filmtastic selection of podcasts covering the entire movie verse. There's something for everyone. So come check it out. More details at whatiwatchtonight.co.uk or from all good podcast providers.